This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. drinking last night for the first time in so long congratulations it was rough I dude i like couldn't open my eyes <laughs> like it was, it was no i've uh i've only thrown up from drinking one time in my life really that's crazy yes i've never blacked out from Done drinking. It. it's like my big, it's like one out. of my it's one of my three or four biggest phobias blacking out from alcohol because i like I'm like a real wild card, I think, in most social situations before you add seven to ten beers. So, well, I guess it would take more than that, I guess, to make me like blackout, blackout. But I just couldn't imagine what kind of shit I'd get into. Yeah, like, dude. Bl- some serious I- shit. Like, well, I mean, you're going to like open your fridge and there's going to be like a human hand in there or something. So get ready for that. <laughs> This is this is like the offset of the luck. Like you got coronavirus in November, and then also like your PlayStation is still four from launch. Still. Yeah, I've dropped so it. There, literally, you know? I've dropped it down a flight of stairs. I'm I have not, a, like an entire flight of stairs. It tumbled and tumbled. It, I was like, oh, that's it for my PlayStation. I plugged it in. It was like, what's up, dude? Like it was working fine. That was three right. years ago. I could I could cut the part where I said you had COVID. By the way, that's no big deal if you don't want that. Out. I don't care if people know I okay. had COVID. That's a wild story. We've never told that story in the pod before. But you, uh, on the process one of you moving out, you like the week before when we were living together that you moved out, you actually caught coronavirus in November, which was not when coronavirus was supposed to be here, uh, yep. and it, it literally baffled your doctors. Your doctors were like, "What's going on?" I, they're like, "He doesn't have the flu. His heart is swollen. We like this heart swollen thing is pretty normal, but we don't know why it would have happened." I was like, "Well, it it hurts, so <laughs> if you can get me some drugs." Welcome in everybody to Fan to Fan Detroit. I'm your host Andrew Norris. This is Double P producer Parker. It looks a little bit different. That's because you have the city of Detroit behind me now. Just had to do a little bit of bragging of my new apartment. Uh, Parker, what's up, man? How's your week? Uh boy, was it a week? It was seven days. You know, it was seven yeah. days. It was it. I've had a I've had a long one, man. I've had a long one, <laughs> and then sports today like kind of made it worse, which which is really unfortunate. Which really sucked. Uh, how about you, man? Is your week you like your apartment? Yeah, I love my apartment. This is I, I am incredibly happy in this place, but uh, a great week or a, a good week after a very, very rough week the week before has now been watered down and almost destroyed by two separate teams, um, which we'll get to both here in a minute. Actually, let's start with one. Okay. Let's start with let's start with the Detroit Lions. Um and I'm not in a rant about Patricia Mood. So what I'm going to do is, before I give my thoughts, I'm going to pass this to you. And I just want to hear where you're at with this team. They have to fire Patricia. Yeah. I've tried. I feel like I've kind of like taken on the role of the Patricia apologist of this show. I've really tried my best to like. I believe as a concept that you got to give an NFL head coach two years at least, probably three years. But if you look 
over the, the last three seasons in the NFL, from the year that Patricia started till now, the Lions are the third worst football team in the NFL behind over these three years behind the Jets and the Giants. Uh, they've gotten worse every year. They were, in my opinion, pretty fucking healthy this week com- compared to the Saints, compared to the way the rest of the NFL has been injured. And this was the opportunity, once again, served up on a platter for Matt Patricia to go, no, it's okay, I can coach this team. No, it's okay, I can hold on to double-digit leads. No, it's fine, my defense, it works. And we now know, for the eight gajillionth time since he started coaching, that none of those things are true. And I, I don't like firing coaches and then now we'd have to bring up uh, one of two assistant coaches who haven't really been with the organization very long, right? And then you've got a new owner. And so your brain trust is a little green. And so I, 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 I've kind of shied away from the idea of spit roasting Patricia because of that, because you have to have somebody who's been there for a little while, right? I feel like some sort of veteran leadership, super mega air quotes, but it, it's, it's not working. It's not working. You're getting worse. You're nine and seven when Jim Caldwell is the coach and gets fired. And you haven't even come close to that. And you've had talent and you've had draft picks. And people in the uh, on like ESPN and, and the Ringer, Bleacher Report, uh, all of those things have routinely picked the Lions before the season to be a great dark horse candidate. And the reason why they do that is because they're looking at talent. They're looking purely at talent. And they had the talent and they haven't used it. It's as simple as that. They've underperformed for the third year in a row. Yeah. And, and you're right. The only way to really describe it is it's getting worse. Like almost every single week, uh, Kyle Menke, the Lions beat reporter for MLive tweeted out earlier, Matt Patricia has lost 12 of his last 13 games, despite leading in all but one of them. He's lost the last six games in which he's led by double digits, which is an NFL record. He has the third worst winning percentage in Lions history. In Lions, this is the Detroit Lions we're talking about. So I can confidently say at this point, he is the worst coach in the NFL. And I don't think, like you, you can maybe make an argument for a couple guys, but you can't make an argument to defend Matt Patricia. It's impossible. He's 10, 35, and 1. I'm, I'm, I mean, we're recording this. It's Sunday at 11.07. Why, I'm surprised he's not fired yet. I want to see Sheila Fordham on the podium tomorrow, 9 a.m., yeah. saying that, that, that this is changing. But let me, let me throw something interesting to you. Okay, so un, Corey Unlin, the defensive coordinator, can't get promoted to head coach. One, because his defense is awful. Two, because he's only got the job because he's Patricia's buddy. Daryl Bevel, sure, that's the one that makes the most sense. A ton of NFL experience. Um, but I, I, I don't see anything you can gain by making Daryl Bevel your intern head coach. Mm-hmm. So what if you went the wild route? Uh-huh. You go get your young and up-and-coming special teams coordinator, Braden Combs, who has the special teams firing on all cylinders, and you say, hey, 32, 33-year-old guy, let's see what you got. So 
let me ask you a question because I think that that's going to be something that people are going to hear and go, what? What does it mean to have special teams firing on all cylinders? What is he doing yeah. that's different? I mean, I, I think a big part of it is that guys are bought into what he's preaching, right? I mean, you don't see one miscue on special teams. This whole year, really, we haven't had a single – we have the best punter in the league. Like, honestly, he's averaging like 53 yards on average. Yeah. Fox is It's like the best punting I've ever seen. I always loved Sam Martin because I'm a big – punting is underrated guy but he came out of nowhere so your special teams coach has to have like a little bit to do with that um you have a great kicker and then your kick and punt coverage are flawless so i mean that that's where the questions come in he's the special teams coach guy right so how much of it is him and how much of it is the talent but we saw just last year this team was awful outside of matt prater on special teams and that, yeah. that's last year with most of the same guys mm -hmm. um so i'm not sure exactly what it is he's doing right but the players are bought in and the players are listening and the players are executing which is the three things you need your players to do as a coach of anything um and the other the, the real reason why i would consider it is because what what do you have to gain? What do you have to gain by making Daryl Bevel your head coach, even if it's just for the rest of the year? Yeah, I mean that's gonna that kind of goes into the like who's in the room type thing. Is Corey Undlin telling Patricia he wants to change the defense? Is Daryl Bevel being told no on certain things? The offense has been well organized, I think. They've played they've played intelligently on offense. I would be remiss if I didn't say that I. Don't think I think that this is actually probably in the bottom twenty percent of Matt Stafford games uh, this week specifically. I thought he missed some throws wide. He missed some throws really high. It, so he, obviously he threw that like weird pick in the end zone going to Hawkinson on that fade, and he tossed up that duck to uh, Jesse James who plucked it over the top of the of the corner guarding him. But I just a lot of just a lot of weird stuff from Stafford today. Uh, obviously, of course, house policy, we try not to blame Matt Stafford for things. Uh, but I, I'm kind of in a place where, like, I'm mentally preparing myself for Matt Stafford to get traded. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, like, process that brain space right now. Because I think that that's, you know, if you can, if, if you're the Titans or if you're the Jets and you want to win right now or you're a quarterback away, Matt Stafford for a first round pick or a high second round pick is the logical move for this franchise at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree 100%. And I've said it many times. I love Matthew Stafford. Me too. That, like the amount that dude has fought for this absolute dumpster fire of a franchise for over a decade. The he played in you know hundred something straight games. He, he's broken his back twice. He tried to keep playing both times. Um, the the defenses and running games he's had surrounding him, and he's still just been there doing his thing. Um, but I mean, at a certain point, like you can't you can't keep trying the same thing. Uh, now, I think the question more so is who is going to be looking for a quarterback in week six, week seven, right? Like, I mean, Denver maybe, but then you're, you're probably already out of it. Um, and you also have Drew Locke who's going to come back and he's going to be good. Um, but, I mean, there's not a full ton of teams that I think are going to like buy in halfway through the season. Yeah, I think it's going to be in the offseason. Yeah. Um, so offseason, do it. I mean, I, I – 
During the season, though, I don't I don't see why you don't trade Adrian Peterson, especially after you saw today DeAndre Swift on I think eight touches over fifty yards. Uh, I don't see why you don't trade Marvin Jones. I don't see why you don't trade Amy Collins. I don't see why if you can find somebody to take him, why you don't trade Trey Flowers. I mean, it's time to reset. When you're going to this next coach, that's what you're doing. You're resetting. Um, it's tough because I, I actually think that if you're a perspective, like if you're somebody looking to get hired as a head coach, you might look at this Lions team with the talent they have and go, I can work with this. And I, I do hesitate specifically on the defense, like dealing Trey Flowers or dealing Jamie Collins, who I don't think are on like terrible contracts and who I, I, I think have like, I just think like they ran a fucking three three five on defense today as their base defense. Like they're doubling down on the thing that doesn't work, right? They're they're not even rushing four; they're rushing three now, and maybe a linebacker. And Jared Davis is like not on the field anymore. Like there's 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 some stuff that I think is good that hasn't been properly utilized, especially on defense. So I hesitate to want to like go go full tank because I, first of all, I just don't think we're going to need to. I think we're going to, if we continue on the path that we're on, quite frankly, if we fire our coach and bring in an interim, we're going to go four and 12 and be the second pick in the draft. Right. Uh, So I, I think actually the idea of like keeping as many pieces as possible and drafting Trevor Lawrence or whoever, and resetting with a new quarterback on a, on a, on a, a cheaper contract, and if you hit, then that's how you make the Super Bowl, right? I think you can actually, with this Lions team, turn it around pretty quick. I don't think it needs to be a full rebuild. But that's like, kind of, I mean, that's kind of the starry-eyed way I look at rebuilds a lot. You know, how can I do this on the fly? You know, I don't like to bottom out for three, four years at a time. So, Yeah, no, I mean, I get that. And I don't know if it's like a, like a, a fear thing that we're going to be stuck in the same situation if we don't go full rebuild. Um. But, I mean, e- either way it works as long as you're resetting at some capacity. You don't have to do the full reset. Um, Al Avila said it when he took over the Tigers job originally. Mm-hmm. He said this isn't a rebuild. This is a reboot, right? Yeah. And if it's that type of situation with the Lions, I get it. And if you keep some of the talent you have on defense and you draft Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, and, like, you, I mean, you're a big-time you're a big time uh, pusher of the rookie contract quarterbacks. That's the best way. Because yes. then you can just spread talent all over the field. You Absolutely. don't have $30 million locked up into your quarterback. Um, not that so, like, Matt I mean, Stafford's think, on a bad deal. He's not. He's on a pretty good deal. No, I mean, now he's like, yeah, he's like the 10th highest paid quarterback in football right now. So, um, so today I did, I did, uh, I, this has been coming, but I finally turned against Daryl Bevel today. I also think that's probably why uh, I'm talking about Braden Combs as the possible interim head coach um, for a couple of reasons. One, the amount of times that guy decides to do a run up the middle on second and 10 makes me pull my hair out. Like, dude, it can't just be run, run, pass every time. It's it, like it's not 2004. You can't do run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run. That's why we go a quarter and a half at least of every game where the offense just looks stagnant or you you let the other team score 35 unanswered. I get most of that's on the defense, but you had five drives in there to score as well. So, yeah. Um, and then at the end of the game, there's six and a half minutes left, seven and a half minutes left. We're down 14. 
the passing game is chugging right along. Every time they do a passing play, he's getting 10-plus yards. But they're running it every other down, and that drive took four and a half minutes to get into the end zone. They hit the two-point conversion. They cut it down to, barely, uh, to six. Barely hit the yeah. two-point conversion. Yeah. Um, uh, but then – then you can only allow two first downs because your drive just took almost five minutes. So now you only have time to allow two first downs. You do allow two first downs because your defense is trash. And and now you're stuck. I mean, if that drive, which the way the passing game was working, that drive could have taken two and a half minutes and you could have done normal defensive stuff and not have to rush everything and not have to call your timeouts right away and figure out when the right time was to call them instead of being forced to call them exactly then. And it just it just was so SOL. Even I mean, not even if you don't look at the defense, if you just look at the offensive play calling today, it was just so typical and so it it, it, it didn't make any sense. Yeah, we're relying a lot on Adrian Peterson right now. Which, yeah, and he's been bad since week one, by the way. Yeah, not as good for sure. I thought he was decent last week, but definitely not as good. Uh, I don't see enough carry on Johnson. I am mortified about how little we're seeing still of DeAndre Swift. It, I don't know, man. I don't, but what do you think about DeAndre Swift? Is it is it like the fact that it's like a pretty packed backfield, or do you think that there's like legitimate grounds to be concerned here about DeAndre Swift? No, I think DeAndre Swift's going to be really good. Um, okay, so you're I not think- nervous at all. No, I think Adrian Peterson got off to an awesome start in week one. And they just said, okay, this is our guy. We're going to ride him. We believe that they like a power back. You know, everything Matt Patricia is about is about power and strength. So he sees his power back. Bevel sees, like, Marshawn Lynch. Like, it's just it's the type of coaches we have. Um, obviously, he's not what Seattle Marshawn Lynch was. But know, that's what Bevel is seeing in his mind. But you look at Swift today, four carries, 22 yards. That's five and a half yards per carry compared to Peterson's 3.3 yards per carry. And he had four grabs for 30 yards. I mean, on that amount of touches, having that level of production with a touchdown, I'm not worried about him at all, at all. And I think he's already uh, boosted himself above carry on. I know he only had six snaps last week, but he had eight or nine touches this week, and he'll be fine. We just got to get the guys in there that are going to try to utilize him. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any uh do you have any final thoughts on this? I'm like just I when I was looking this up, I was so struck at how like no no franchise besides the Jets and the Giants from a purely football standpoint because the Washington football team is its own mess. Uh have been as bad as the Lions have been over the last 3 years. It's and we were like okay. We went from okay and we, you know, we're it, nine and seven the two years before Patricia got here. Burn the hand, two in the bush, man. We went for two in the bush and there weren't any there. So, and and, and I mean, it's not just Patricia, by the way. It's Quinn, and I know we've talked about this before too. But Quinn is a big time defender. We've been big time defenders of Quinn, and that's Fine. done. I mean, the talent he's drafted. Uh, for the most part, has not lived up to expectations. Jeff Okuda barely played today, and I still think he's going to be good, but, I mean, you're taking a corner at three. You better be damn sure that guy's going to be an absolute superstar, and I'm not sure I'm damn sure anymore that that guy's going to be an absolute superstar. So it's just it's just another wasted season, but I guess if I'm looking for a silver lining, 
It's that I can finally just focus on red zone on Sundays. <laughs> this is the earliest I've turned like a mark turned my main screen to red zone. Uh, by like when it was like 35, 14, I kind of was, which was like early in the third. I was like, okay, I think I'd rather, I think I'd rather be more prepared to talk about the rest of the league today. Cause yeah, I just, you know, you see it coming, you see it coming. They, they scored 21 unanswered and like Drew Brees, I don't think like looked super great. Like the, <laughs> getting up 14, nothing in like five minutes is such a huge, like such a huge lead and such a huge, like unstoppable amount of momentum. And then you run the ball with Adrian Peterson until that momentum goes away. And I just, I don't know, man. I just don't know what to do about it anymore. I'm, I'm, I'll say this. If you're, uh, if you're, a fan of a different franchise and like you want to talk to me, I'd be, I'm a, I'm having, I'm having, I'm having discussions. I'm having discussions about things right now. You're in contract negotiations. I am in contract negotiations, both with the Los Angeles chargers, as well as uh, uh, potentially somebody else too, if they made a good offer, the Steelers are on my radar, right? The Steelers and I are, 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 are talking, uh, but I don't know. I'm I already signed. I already signed my contract, and it's going to bring us into what we're talking about next. The thing I've been waiting all week. Can to I talk guess? About. Yeah, it's the Bills. It's the Buffalo NF and Bills, dude. They're so good um, today. Yeah, uh, you know their their quarterback is on a pace for over five thousand yards and over fifty total touchdowns. You know what that sounds like to me, Parker? What does it sound like to you, Andrew? MVP numbers. No That's what it sounds way. like to me. I mean, what Sorry, top man. ten? A top ten single season passing yards and top ten single season total touchdowns doesn't sound like an MVP to you all time. I th- I uh, it, it's kind of like the LeBron Giannis kind of thing where until somebody else wins the award, I'm kind of assuming it's going to be one of those guys. And Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for five thousand yards again this year. Like he, they've ripped the Ravens apart. They ripped them apart. Uh, they beat them so bad that Lamar Jackson said that they always beat them, which kind of flies in the 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 whole football ethos that exists out in the universe. So when the the Chiefs are going to go like fourteen and two, you're going to tell me that that's not going to be the MVP? Is it going to come from that team or that Russell? I don't know Wilson? if the is Bills go candidate? thirteen and three. Yeah, right now both of these guys. I know this is the same discussion as last week, but if the Bill, if if right now Russell Wilson and Josh Allen is a, are both better candidates than Patrick Mahomes, I think it's maybe Mahomes not at the end of the year, but right now, there's also again, like you the Aaron Rodgers thing. Yeah, sure, uh, but I think he's looking fourth right now. But you can only have you can't we can only have the discussion based off of right now. And right now, if the if everything stayed up to pace, it's either Russell Wilson or Josh Allen. And I think Josh Allen might have taken it today. 71% completion, one interception. Uh, yeah, I think that he's got – so to me the Bills are like what the Lions could have been this year and that they are like a B-plus to B to maybe a B-minus, but really B and B-plus at everything. Everything they do, they do well. I don't think they do anything great uh, outside of maybe being coached, which is like its own thing. But they are a B to a B plus at every single thing on a football field. And because of that, there's just no way to attack them. You know, there's no there's no like uh, right when the Patriots play a team, they want to take away the thing that the other team does. You can't really do that to the Bills. Maybe you can try like keeping Stefan Diggs away from 40 yard passes, but 
there's not a lot you can do to stop that team. They just do so many weird things. And Josh Allen is absolutely the fulcrum of that. But yeah, A plus at quarterback. A plus at quarterback. <laughs> like a B, I think they're a B plus um, at quarterback. I think they're an AFC championship team. I don't know if they're going to beat the Chiefs, but I think hey, they're going yeah. to the AFC championship. Like I, th- I, I just I look at I look at the league right now, and in the AFC specifically, and the only two teams I see that can compete with them are the Ravens and the Chiefs. And outside of that, I don't see. I mean, is Tennessee going to do it? No. Are the Colts going to do it? No. Is Pittsburgh going to do it? No. Is, is New England going to do it? No. Oh no! Wait, that's the Cleveland. Oh. No, I was going to uh, say the Rams, but I have my divisions mixed up. Uh, so it's just it, like I think they're the third best team in football right now. Uh, I maybe do, the whatever, fourth, fourth, whatever the odds are for if the Bills have worse than like the third best odds to reach the AFC Championship game, I would very much, uh, I would very much look at placing a wager on that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I actually am going to check that after the show tonight. The one in three Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott, who today became the first quarterback to throw for over 450 yards in three consecutive <laughs> games, is now on pace for 6,760 passing yards, <laughs> which would beat the old record of 5,477 by just a few. And they're one in three. Like what? I mean, and, and, and these DAC numbers aren't, like, they're they're a little inflated. I know the talent on that team is great, but he has not been as good as these numbers. It's just been a full-out, air-it-out offense. Um, yes. Zeke has been pretty ineffective. Uh, but that defense just can't stop anybody. I mean, they lost, they put they yeah. the Browns put up 49 points on them today. I think that the Browns are like a good offense from the from the perspective of they know what they are. They kind of accidentally, yes. I think, stumbled into it in week two, where it's like, oh, we are an amazing running football team. And then they can do weird things. Like you can get Jarvis Landry throwing at 45 yards, a 45-yard dime to Odell Beckham. Dime. Awesome throw. <laughs> like, or you can get Odell Beckham coming out from wide and having a 50-yard touchdown run. Yeah. Um, like, just, I mean, they put up 49 today. Baker had 165 yards through the air. Yeah, and, like, that's, that's like, kind of a weird – that's, like, kind of a weird point number versus passing yards number. Like, it's that's that's a lot of big running plays, you know. That's how you yeah. get there. 307 yards on the ground. They averaged 7.7 yards per carry. I mean, I'm, I am bought in on the Browns. After week one, I was ready to write them off. I thought it was going to be the same thing as last year. In the preseason, I was excited about them. Uh, but after week one, I was like, all right, well, it looks like the same product as last year. And now I am buying in, man. I mean, I'm buying yeah. all the way in. It's either post I mean, that, that division is that division is nasty. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cleveland. And then the bottom end is going to be like a six-win Cincinnati team with the maybe the best up-and-coming quarterback in the league. Like, that division is going to be tough all year long. So you admit that the Steelers are a tough team to beat. Yeah, they're okay. Okay, sure. Yeah, good. Just want to get that in there for the record. Uh, I saw today, I can't remember who, I think this might have been on Red Zone. Somebody on Red Zone said, Nick Foles is having a, quote, mild passing day. And <laughs> that just made me laugh because I feel like that's what Nick Foles has. He has mild passing days. 
It's going to throw for, you know, 2 250. Uh maybe have a turnover. Just like kind of just kind of like a lukewarm uh reheated Chinese food type type day. That is the nicest way you could have possibly <laughs> described today's Bears offense. They scored Holy 11 cow, points and so Mr. Biscuit might have got his job back. Like Nick <laughs> Foles, like they they put up 11 points today. Yeah, it's not good. Hard to believe we lost to that team, huh? <laughs> they were the most <laughs> obvious like paper tiger to be three and one. And the Colts did not look good. Phillip Rivers did not look good today. No, their opinion. defense looks nasty though. Yeah, yeah, they've got like the offensive line and the defense, but on offense there are some questions. Jonathan Taylor looks fine to good, I think, but Philip Rivers is missing throws. One of the one of the funniest things I heard was uh, Philip Rivers was trying to like do get like a manufactured false start or a, like an offsides right where you draw him off with the hard count as the clock expires and you call timeout. And the whole time he's like, whoever fifty eight is on the Bears, he's going five eight. 5'8", looking at you. 5'8", coming right at you. 5'8", 5'8", 5'8". And the guy's just like staring at him, and they don't get it. And Philip Rivers goes, yeah, he really turned the corner on you when like they call the timeout. I loved listening to Philip Rivers talk trash. <laughs> That's funny. Well, we're going to see over the next six weeks – but really, I think next week we'll have a pretty good idea. But the next six weeks, we're going to see how good this Colts offense is and if the – or, yeah, how good the Colts offense is and if this Colts defense is really dominant. Because they have the Browns next week, which that offense has been one of the best in the NFL so far. Then they get an uh, easy couple of weeks with the Bengals and the Lions, but also offenses that are pretty good. I mean, Joe Mixon had three touchdowns today. The Lions have put up 29 even on a pretty bad day offensively. Uh, but then they go Ravens, Titans, Packers, Titans. So we're really you're gonna know how good the Colts are by about midseason. Um, and I think I'm buying in. I think I think that they could be like a nine win playoff team. I mean, it's them or Tennessee in that division. And if you can win one or one or both of the games against Tennessee, you're probably in. Did you learn anything else this week that you didn't know last week? Overall, or about the Colts specifically? Just in general, just in general. I learned. I think that the Rams are here to stay. I think they are going to be super competitive the rest of the year if they stay healthy. Uh, I I like kind of haphazardly picked the Rams as like an NFC pick at the beginning of the season because I was just kind of like guessing. I was improvising a little bit, but I think I might have accidentally wandered into an accurate take. I think that the Rams are going to be a good team this year. I think they could win 11 to 12 games and be dangerous in the playoffs. Do you agree or do you disagree? No, I mean, I agree even today where their offense couldn't get anything going. I know they're facing the Giants, but their defense stepped up, said we're not losing to a bad team and held the Giants to nine points. Um, they have a bunch of different ways they can win. And with Aaron Donald in the middle of your defensive line, like you you always can win because yes. you never know when there's going to be a random forced fumble or a huge sack. And then you, of course, you have weapons on offense. It might not be the offense it was when you had prime Todd Gurley going, but Jared Goff has shown he's a good, competent NFL quarterback who is really good on some days. Um, Cooper Cup is just like, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL over the last year and a quarter. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, you got a good stable of running backs. Not great, but Brown and Henderson, they, they get the job done. 
Uh, and the defense is really good. Jalen Ramsey with, had another play today where he lifted – I can't remember who it was exactly, but he lifted him off the ground and body slammed him. And yes, completely clean. That. It was just because yeah. he hit him so hard. Yeah. Um, but that defense is – on a good day, that defense is scary. And, of course, you have one of the better head coaches in the league. So I'm bought in. I think the Rams uh, – I think the NFC is in a weird spot. I think the Rams could be a contender in the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. So uh, I also learned that the Texans are officially bad. Texans are officially a bad team, uh, and I did not see that coming. I kind of wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt of playing three really good teams right out the gate, kind of a weird year. But losing losing to the Minnesota Vikings, who I think are about to perform a coup d'etat against their quarterback, is a bad look. Bad look for them. You know who is excited about the Texans being this bad? Who? The Miami Dolphins, who own their first-round pick. In this oh, upcoming draft, man. would right now be the number two pick in the league. Um, the yeah, Dolphins. I mean, they're they, the the Texans are just in so much trouble. You obviously you have a quarterback who you're going to be able yeah. to rely on for the next decade, but yeah. Bill O'Brien's got to go. It's yeah. it, it's there's three coaches in the league right now that I think have to absolutely go. It's Dan Quinn, it's Bill O'Brien, and it's that rocket scientist out here in Detroit, Matt Patricia. You don't want to put Adam Gase or David Gettleman in that in that sure, pile. Sure, yeah. Throw throw yeah. Adam Gase on there. Um, but you know those teams at least are just bad. Like those are just bad rosters. Um, where these other teams have pretty good rosters. Uh, um, are I the Cowboys one. the most cursed team this year? Are they just? It's just not gonna. It just no matter what they do. Is it like one of those games where like FIFA or Two K decide that you just can't win anymore? Is that what the Cowboys are having this year? Yeah, their defense just sucks. I mean, their one win, it took an unbelievable comeback from the team that is the only team in the world that knows how to choke better than the Detroit Lions (laughs) uh, in the Atlanta Falcons. Um, But, yeah, the Cowboys, I mean, they're not done because they're in perhaps one of the worst divisions of all time that has a total of two wins right now in the entire division. Three wins. Uh, the Eagles officially won 25 to 20 over the second team 49ers. You ready for this? I think the Eagles are going to win that division. <laughs> that would be hilarious. It's going to take all of 7 wins to do it. Jalen Hurts is coming in here in about a week and he's just going to be a, he's going to be set the world on fire. Cuz what you need, what they need in that offense with an offensive line that couldn't stop a fly is a quarterback who can move a little bit. And Jalen Hurst isn't Kyler Murray, but he can move. Um, if you think back to when he was at Alabama before he got to Oklahoma, he relied on his legs maybe more than his arm. And then when he got to Oklahoma, he finally figured it out with his arm. But I just – the way the Cowboys' defense is, and I know Dak's not going to be able to put up 490 to 500 yards every single week of the season. And it's probably going to take seven wins to win that division. So I think the Eagles are going to win that division. What's better for the Cowboys, re-signing Dak Prescott or trading for Matt Stafford? One more time. What do you think is a better move for the Cowboys at the end of this year? Signing Dak Prescott to that big giant contract he's going to end up getting or trading for Matt Stafford? Stafford. Uh, You'll be $10 million cheaper on the contract. Uh, Dak... Like he puts up numbers, but man, there's just some, there's always mental lapses in what he's doing. He's potato chips, man. It is empty calories. 
Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, I think you're, you're all right either way at the quarterback position. I do think Dak has at least showed me this year that I think he's like a, he's like at least near a franchise quarterback probably is, but like, is he in the upper echelon of franchise quarterbacks? No. And he's probably not going to get there. Um, I am selling all my stock on one team. Do you, would you like to guess what that team is? Is it the Arizona Cardinals? It's the Arizona Cardinals. Ah, I will not. I will not. I am locked into a long-term lease with the Arizona Cardinals, and I it is in it is in my contract that I'm not allowed to sell. They have lost to the Lions and the Panthers in back-to-back weeks. Okay, my here's like a we're gonna do a segment later uh, called "Is This a Hot Take?" And I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little taste of what's going on here. The Panthers might be better without Christian McCaffrey. How about that? That's How a hot that? take. I'm going to answer it right now. That's a hot take. It's they they scored 31 points today. Ted, yeah, Ted, that, Ted I Bridgewater mean they got really good. <laughs> they got uh, uh, what's his name, Mike Davis, filling in right now and doing his best Christian McCaffrey impression. Yeah. But there, I mean, uh, yeah, that's like this happens all the time. I remember in like for some reason this is the the um. Thing that stands out to me whenever I think about this, but in like 2007, the Cardinals in the St. Louis Cardinals were like having a rough time, and then Albert Pools got hurt for 10 days, oh. and they went eight and two. And everybody was like, are they better without? No, they're not better without Albert Pools. It's just sometimes things happen. Like everybody, I'm sure th- this could be a little bit of a thing. Like they could have been relying so heavily on Christian McCaffrey. Now they know they got to do it themselves, but you just you don't lose probably the best running back in the NFL and become better. They've been better. Uh, I think that some of that is that they have a good coaching situation there. Finally, too. I think that that offense is, is pretty good, pretty modern. Uh, I definitely think that when McCaffrey comes back, he will have a slightly diminished role in that offense in the long term. You're going to have to give Mike Davis some carries. And also it'll be nice to get some touches away from McCaffrey. If he doesn't have to touch the ball 25 times, that's fine. Um, if you have a suitable backup. By the way, Kyler Murray today, 133 yards through the air. How many yards in the ground today for Kyler Murray? I think I remember seeing – okay, well, how many? Sorry? Uh, 78. 78 total? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, it's fine. I'm married to Kyler Murray. You know, he might go out later than I want, and sometimes he might come back smelling like alcohol, and I don't know where he's been. But this is a marriage. You know, you've got to make it work. I'm done with you. Uh, <laughs> let's talk Chargers Bucks because this uh, might be the game, the most intriguing game, the outcome, everything that happened in it of the whole week. So you got a fun game. You, you have my two big takeaways. One, Justin Herbert's fucking awesome, and I cannot believe that because that dude could not hit uh, <laughs> like that dude. Couldn't hit a water and couldn't hit water in the middle of the ocean at, yeah. in his last year in college. Like he, dude, the accuracy wasn't there. He came out in his first game, balled out against the Chiefs, almost beat the Chiefs. Second game, it was a little bit more rough. We'll call it a sophomore slump, and then comes out today against this Tampa Bay team where the defense has been really good this year, and just proceeds to go twenty of twenty-five, two hundred ninety yards, three touchdowns, and oh, I mean was leading Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, for most of this game. No Austin Eckler today either. 
Yeah, Eckler goes down with an injury, uh, which uh, RIP to my second fantasy team. Also, although they're both three and one, both my teams, shout out to me. Um, and it took Tom Brady turning back the clock five years, going for 370 yards at five touchdowns at age 43 to beat the kid. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. I can't believe what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, definitely something we are wrong about, but I'm happy to be wrong about it. You know, yeah. always good yeah. when a, when a guy exceeds expectations. So I, we had both, I think kind of agreed before the season that we wanted to see four, six weeks of the Buccaneers before we really felt like we could make an evaluation on them. Uh, my evaluation on them is that they're Super Bowl contenders. Is that, do you agree? I can't, I can't just yet. My note that I have here on the Buccaneers is I know they're good, but I have no idea how good. Um, there's still moments like losing to the Chargers for three quarters of the game where I say, ah, they're probably not as good as they look. There's still throws Brady makes like his fourth pick six in his last six games um, where I'm like, God, he's 43 and that arm is yeah. just about gone. Um, but then they have weeks where they only allow, I know it was Jeff Driscoll, but they only allowed 10 points to the Broncos and they only allow 17 points to the uh, Panthers. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say they're getting closer to making me a full-time believer, uh, but I'm not all the way bought in yet. I, I still, I think they're going to be very good. I think they will be a playoff team for sure. Um, but do I think they're one of the best teams in the NFC? Maybe. They're really deep on offense right now. Uh, they are injury proof in my opinion on offense, just about, uh, he's made Scotty Miller look like Julian Edelman out there. I mean, it's crazy. I actually, I think Brady's been a little better than people want to give him credit for. I think, uh, I think he was really good today. Uh, five touchdowns is five touchdowns, you know, no Chris Godwin today, uh, who I think in the first couple of weeks had been kind of the main target around the offense. He, he has this like new thing where he just like kind of throws like a, a jackpot dead or alive, like up into the air. And Mike Evans, like just kind of comes down with them. He goes and grabs <laughs> it. It's exactly what Johnny Manziel used to do in oh. Texas A&M with Mike Evans. Like every time they'd go up against Alabama, he'd be like, well, they're going to cover Mike Evans. So I'm just going to throw it in the air and he's going to yeah. find a way to catch it. And he always does. He always does. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say I'm about a seven out of 10 on the confidence scale for the Buccaneers being very, very good, but I need to get to an eight or a nine before I lock that in. I really like, I really like what I've seen from the Buccaneers. I thought it was going to be a little more rocky than it's been. I mean, it's been a little rocky, but I thought it would be more. It's, I just think it's tough to change that much of your offense in, in all the ways that they did. So. Yeah, and they're only going to get better probably from this point on. Your MVP of the first quarter of the NFL season, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks beat the Miami Dolphins 31 to 23. That was a the cool Seahawks game. did. Yeah, yeah, and it shouldn't have been. Um but the Seahawks did what the Seahawks do. Russell Wilson was amazing. Chris Carson was really good. But I think the thing I'm looking at this game <laughs> two things, both about Ryan Fitzpatrick. One, he led the Dolphins in rushing yards today with 47. Uh, and two, he didn't throw a touchdown and threw two picks. When is Tua going to play? Because I really believe this team would be at least two and two right now with Tua. I mean, at least. So I, I hear you on the running. The running is the problem. 
uh, I thought like Fitzpatrick plays like gutsy football, man. And to me, like the Dolphins are somehow like a good one in three team, in my opinion. They're kind of the opposite of the Lions, who are a terrible one in three team, right? The Dolphins were close in this game today. It was right there. You know, and, and right at the end, like the Russell Wilson throws like a like a bubble screen to DK Metcalf, and he beats three defenders and scores like a ridiculous forty yard touchdown. But until that happens, the Dolphins are in that game the whole way. I like the Dolphins. How about this stat? I got a stat for you that's going to make you very happy. Okay, Devontae Parker, the yearly breakout candidate is on pace for 90 grabs at 1,000 yards. Had 10 grabs today. Why ruin that connection is what I'm saying. There's there's clearly something there. Yeah, yes, you're right. Oh, God. Devontae (laughs) Parker. Uh, Yeah, uh, the Seahawks are super good, but I still genuinely think that you're sleeping on uh, the Monday night game quarterback uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, the Green Bay Aaron Rodgerses play the Falcons tomorrow, and when Aaron Rodgers throws for 400 yards and three touchdowns in prime time to who the fuck knows from whatever practice squad, I, I don't see – to me, he is the stealthiest MVP candidate this year because he has no help. That running back that they drafted in the second round has, like, barely seen the field. Right? Like, Aaron Jones is still Aaron Jones, but, like, they very clearly don't want to feed Aaron Jones – Right, every year they they we were reminded that they don't want to do that. And Aaron well, he's Rodgers gone is after this year. Out. I think that's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and no, Aaron Jones is gone after this year. And I think that's I a would. big reason why they're trying to yeah. find a replacement. They're not going to pay him. Um, no, Nor I think you're they. right on that. I just think again, I just think it's one of those things where, um, like, they Aaron Rodgers is going to have to be fifteen ten fifteen percent better than everybody else to win the MVP. It's just I mean, it's just the laws of MVP voting. Maybe we'll see. I like. I mean, we've seen like it Doc last Allen, year. I like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. We've seen it last year. He took this garbage roster to thirteen and three, and he wasn't even mentioned in the MVP That's voting. Um, but as we always say, MVP is a narrative award, and pissed off Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP is a wonderful narrative to sports writers, in my opinion. You know who officially surpassed the Jared Goff line today? Is Gardner freaking oh. Minshew. Oh, ah. No, he's, he's already. Uh, I, I'm. Uh, by losing to the Bengals, they. Gardner Minshew, Dude. 351, two touchdowns, threw a pick. I, I can know, only. I, wins and losses is a team stat. But I do know that he has 1,138 yards, eight touchdowns, four picks, and a 70% completion rate on an offense that, like, is okay. Uh, I mean, I know they got DJ Shark and end of list. But uh, yeah, like, sure. Can you name a second <laughs> offensive player? <laughs> but he's making things happen. Like, he is making things happen. And he's just a confident, stable pocket QB who just gets it done, man. We're going on almost 20 weeks of his career where he just gets it done. The offense just looks decent at worst. I think he's Sam Bradford. I think he's closer to Sam Bradford who got drafted number one overall than he is to the Sam Bradford post-shoulder injuries. 
he's going to throw he's going to he has the manufactured right. 80% west coast offense how about this and i'm not saying he could win a super bowl but the way he plays is similar to the first 2 years of tom brady he is not tom brady i'm not saying that okay even though it kind of makes sense but like the first couple of years tom brady i know he won super bowls <laughs> i know he won super bowls but he also had like the best defense in the NFL, and he wasn't that great of a quarterback for his first two Super Bowls. Um, but I just think that he is like 80% of those first couple years of Brady. It's still a game manager. He's never going to be the air it out guy, but his swag is infectious. His mustache is rad, and he throws for <laughs> 70% completions. Like I'm, I'm, bu- I'm buying it. I'm, I'm pushing my chips to the center of the table, making the bet on Gardner Minshew. Does he look like he plays bass for a biker band? Yes. Uh, you know what I think you're doing here? You know what I think that this take is? I think that you are uh, Danny from Big Brother or Russell from Survivor. I think you're planting seeds. I think that you're kind of paving the roads a little bit for if a development is kind of coming. And if, you know, it's low stakes, you know, if Gardner Minshew sucks, you're like, oh, I just thought he was going to ah. be good. But if Gardner <laughs> Minshew makes a Pro Bowl, then you're the first guy in the door on the Gardner Minshew manwagon. Uh, so I, I don't know, man. I think Gardner Minshew is fine. I will say I would be interested to see, like, if Gardner Minshew played for the Cowboys, what would that look like? I'd be curious to see, like, what he might look like on a team that has more than one offensive player with a name in it. Yeah. I screwed up there. That was one of my hot takes. I went too far in my notes. Uh, but, <laughs> but it's excited. a hot take I agree with. Um, what else do we have for football? I think that's it for football. I think we've kind of gone okay. through everything at this point. Well, since my my hot take segment here, every every one I have is football related. We're gonna do that first, and then basketball. Cool. Okay. So let me get you started. Okay. The Seahawks won thirty one twenty three and are four and zero. Are they the best team? Or let me phrase it the way it should be phrased for a segment like this. The Seahawks won 31-23 and are 4-0. The Seahawks are the best team in the NFC. Uh, I don't – do you believe that? Yes. I do not believe, I don't believe that. that. I would call that a pretty hot take. I would say that that take, that take is starting to boil some water. So your competition is Green Bay and Tampa. I think, uh, I think it's Green Bay for me. Tampa is really good too. Boy, I mean I guess like looking at it, it does seem like the AFC is like five of the six best teams in the NFL, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The AFC is much more competitive. Um, Matt Patricia is the worst coach in Lions history. Uh, nah, I actually think that Matt Patricia might get, in like five, ten years, might get another head coaching chance. I think you're crazy for that, but I actually he's I going to get a defensive coordinator job, and he's going to be good again, and it's going to be like, oh, I was. I don't know, man. Even when he was with the Patriots, like they let Nick Foles put up 38 points on them in the Super Bowl. So like, this went bad. When, this was this was never going to work. As soon as they told him to turn his hat around, it's a good point. That's a real good point. It's uh, a real factual point. The Bears scored 11 points versus the Colts today. After a three and start, the Bears will finish under five hundred. Yes, yes, I like that. Yes, I like that, and uh, I just I completely agree, man. They are the they are maybe the worst three and team I've ever seen, ever before today. Yeah, ever. 
Um, I also I also agree. All right, the NFC East has two total wins in the entire division, one of which was because it was a divisional game. Uh, now three, excuse me. The Eagles just won, so now they have three total wins throughout the whole division. The NFC East is the worst division ever. Maybe ever, yeah. I'd have to go – I'd have to scroll through the archives a little bit. But well, certainly in like the modern – the last 10 years of football, it's as bad as I can remember. I did but, that for you. I have okay. two I have two other oh. options. The 2014 NFC South went 22-41-1 combined. The Panthers won the division by going 7-8-1. The 2010 NFC West – the Seahawks won going seven and nine, but that Seahawks team then won a playoff game. Uh, I think that NFC West is, is I remember that now that you say that when it was like, that's like the Carson Palmer Cardinals, right? Like the very last year before yeah, he so. kind of had to, or is that still in the Matt Liner era Cardinals, which was no, like no, no, a no, no, no. really bad team. Okay. So I think that it's right about there that it's that NFC West and then this. So the, the Eagles then are, currently in first place because they tied the Bengals. Uh soccer rules yeah. they they have 4 points and everybody else has 3 points which is w- crazy really crazy. And my final one the 0 and 4 New York Jets will go 0 and 16. Trying to think if I think that they can and or the zero and four New York Giants will go zero and sixteen. I think the Giants will win a game because they're in the NFC East. (laughs) Yeah, I think that they'll pull one out against the Washington Football Team, or maybe they'll catch the Eagles on a bad day. But uh, the Jets, I mean, maybe they could win a game against the Dolphins, but I don't know, man. I mean, the Jets are. I just kind of wonder, like, how the Jets thought this season was going to go, like, before the season started, because it kind of feels like it just kind of feels like they didn't quite do the reading. You know, they tried to put in turn in a book report and they had only read the first five chapters of a 10 chapter book. Let me give you this remaining Jets schedule. This they're I, okay. I, th- I think they're going on 16 Cardinals, Chargers, Bills, Chiefs. Patriots, Dolphins, Dolphins, Raiders, Seahawks, Rams, Browns, Patriots. So if they don't beat, they play the Dolphins. So is it like Dolphins by Dolphins? Uh, yeah. So if they don't beat the Dolphins coming off of their bye, that's it. It's over. That's the game they could win to go one and fifteen. So then, okay. So if you're the Jets and you go one and fifteen, what do take you take? Trevor do? Lawrence. Okay, you and then you try Trevor's. to you try to see if like. Like somebody you can keep Sam, Sam Darnold. Darnold there for I, you might just want to keep him there for the competition aspect, um, but sure, if you want to trade him, I don't think you'd get much for him. Yeah, what do you think? You get like a, a, like a or third round or fourth round pick? Yeah, okay. I think you could probably turn that into a third round pick. I genuinely think Sam Darnold has moments where he looks good. I, I just don't think he's ever been given the chance to succeed in a real way. I don't necessarily disagree, but I think we're too deep now that he's not ever going to shake these bad habits. And maybe he's—I mean, he—he he, maybe one day he could become an average quarterback, but he's, he's never going to be a franchise quarterback. He's got big, rich Gannon energy. That's the way yeah. he succeeds is if he ends up being like a rich Gannon type player who was like yeah. a fine quarterback, right? Not great, but really good. Right. Um, that's all I got. You got any possible hot takes? Give me one. Give me one on the fly. Give me one on the fly. 
Uh-huh. Uh, the Eagles win the division because they tie twice this year. How about that? Love it. That's a hot take, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the NBA, uh, where if you're listening to this show live, we will be coming up on game four of the NBA Finals, like immediately following the show. Uh, it'll be live. Um, but we're recording this immediately following game three, where the Miami Heat shocked the world with a absolute masterclass from Jimmy Butler to even up the series at – or not even up the series, make the series 2-1. Jimmy Butler with 40 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists, 14 of 20 from the field, 12 of 14 from the free throw line was just in attack mode. I mean, by far the best game of his entire career. Had to be. And, uh, the best game, by the way, that he will ever have in his career. Didn't shoot a single three-pointer. You want to talk about a little <laughs> bit of throwback, punchy yeah. in the teeth. Didn't shoot a three-pointer the whole game. And honestly, like the rest of the Heat were not impressive. Tyler Hero, 6 of 18. Duncan Robinson, 4 of 12, 3 of 10 from 3. Jake Crowder, 5 of 12. Kelly Olynyk was like oddly good on offense again. but Hitting transition um, threes. <laughs> but... To rain on the Miami Heat fans parade a little bit, mm-hmm. I think this was more of a Lakers loss than a Heat win. The Lakers looked completely and totally disinterested the first three quarters of this game. And then when they tried to turn the switch on, as LeBron teams are famous to do, that's when the Heat finally decided, we're just going to make every shot for the rest of the game. And it it is what it is. But, I, I mean, the, like the Heat, don't get too excited. They're not coming back. So I mostly disagree with you. Uh, I think that this game was a heat victory more than a Lakers loss. The Lakers got some pretty good contributions. They got 19 points from Marquise Morris, who could not miss from three in the fourth quarter, was just putting them in. Kyle Kuzma played well, right? Uh, uh, 30 minutes for Contavious Caldwell Pope looks like probably a mistake. He got worked by Jimmy Butler. In my opinion, Jimmy Butler got a little two percent inside of LeBron's head. Uh, I, 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 I just saw it. Like you saw it when, like Jimmy Butler goes up and LeBron contests him at the basket, and he's yelling at the rest like he's doing this move. Like Jimmy, Bu- Jimmy Butler hit me. With the- <laughs> That's what LeBron does more than I've seen him do it. He was legitimately angry about the calls tonight. There's a difference between working the refs and being upset at the refs. He was not working the refs. He was upset at the refs. Yeah, I, I just don't think it was Jimmy Butler in his head. I think he was upset with his team. Uh, just just, And it's on him, too, by the way. He, he had a complete and total lack of effort the first three quarters. But the effort on defense from the Lakers tonight was a joke. For an yeah. NBA Finals game, I mean, I would have been unhappy with that in a regular season game. But for an NBA Finals game, it was an absolute and total joke. This is a huge misstep for the Lakers. They this is a this game was a gimme. No Dragic, no Bam. They're definitely coming back for game four. I think we Maybe found not out Dragic, that, but Bam think, is. Oh yeah, okay. So uh so can't they with Dragic? I think I saw that like the big reason why he isn't playing is because he has like a needle phobia and they need to like inject cortisone directly into his ankle. And so that has been like a reason why he hasn't been playing. Uh, but uh, that sounds there's like no a little, way if that was little... the truth, Jimmy Butler would have knocked his ass out <laughs> and stuck the needle in him himself. Yes, absolutely. Like there, um, but again, I mean, you didn't have AD essentially the whole first half if you're the Lakers because he was in foul trouble. 
Uh, he only scored 15 tonight, only had five rebounds. It, it was just yeah. – Tyler Hero was not as good tonight until the fourth quarter when he puts this, like, weird finger roll in and does, like, like a like a Draco Malfoy face at the end of it. Uh, so I, I think that the Heat are, like, going to be kind of back in this series, man. I think that they're going to come out in game four, and it's going to be tough. I don't think that, like – I uh a lot of a lot of Kendrick Nunn tonight. A lot of Kendrick Nunn thought he played yeah. well. A lot of Kelly Olynyk thought he played well. Uh, I think that like this might not be the Anthony Davis like coronation that I think it kind of shaped up matchup wise to be. This is going to have to be LeBron drags a bunch of fucking scrubs to a title again. This is like closer to going to be like an early Cavaliers title to me at the end of this if they win in five or six games. So. Two things. One, I Tyler Hero, you're not, you've shot six of eighteen, and you're not good enough to snarl yet. You have to be <laughs> better. Kobe snarls. LeBron snarls. Tyler Hero does not snarl. Yeah, and it was a pretty lame snarl. Um, two, you sound. You want to know what you sound like right now? Like you just watched the Lions beat the Cardinals. Oh, that hurts. That's a little. I think that's and, a little personal. And then you come back for the next game. Yeah. Yeah, it was. You're going to come back for the next game, and you're going to watch the Lakers win 116-99, to 99, and you're going to go, oh, yeah, okay, never mind. <laughs> you, like, remember, even when they were healthy, the Heat got their asses beat in game one. I, all the stuff I'm looking at makes me think that this was, like, a really close game. So the Lakers won in rebounds, and they crushed them on the offensive boards. Uh, and that's like the biggest difference that that and the Laker turnovers. But you tweeted something in the first half that was like the Heat are going to look back on this and regret not taking advantage of those turnovers. And I agree that they did get lucky with that. That they definitely got lucky with. Uh, if the Lakers are willing to turn the ball over and they don't like, if Jimmy Butler doesn't become, I don't even know what kind of player comp that is. That was like a what did Jimmy Butler look like tonight? Too oh six twin win. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's you're not going to get that every night from Jimmy Butler. No. So, a little careless. And, like, I mean, the Lakers play. had 10 turnovers in the first quarter. That's absurd. Like, they just didn't I, – I don't understand how you can go into an NBA Finals game and not care, but they just didn't care. And then by the time they cared, they were so angry with each other yeah. and just angry how everything was going. And – I think when they realized they were going to lose or it was going to be close, they started putting pressure on themselves because I think as much as these guys want to win a title, they almost did as badly want to win the title so they can leave the bubble and go to their homes. Like I think, I think you could see that set in when LeBron stormed off the court when there was .2 seconds left or whatever, went straight to the locker room. I think that was a, damn it, I thought I was going home on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that that all of that works in favor of the Heat turning this into a six-game series or a seven-game series because they're the most mentally tough team in the NBA this year. Yeah, but the, the Lakers have done this every round. They've had one game where they didn't show up, and then yeah. they come back and they step on your throats the next game. We'll see. Uh, it's it's five 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 five. Remember that five 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 five. It's uh, going to be all five-game series. This is the Heat got their win. Jimmy Butler got his moment. Um, Tyler Hero got to snarl for the cameras. And oh this, my gosh. Now, can I tell you selfishly why I'm happy the Heat won this game tonight? Because you think that it makes it look better for LeBron if he wins the title? 
No, that's crazy. Why okay. would a five look better than a sweep? I, I, I've heard that said by multiple people. Because it implies that the Heat are a better team. Legacy. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it I think it might. Well, then maybe a, maybe a better team should have got to the finals then. I, like, it's yeah, just I, the standard I, I is such that. a – I know you don't agree with it. I just um, – no, because Tuesday night I have my uh, adult softball playoffs. Okay. And if we make it to the championship round, that starts at nine fifteen, and I would have had to miss the first half of the of the closeout game of the NBA Finals, and that would have. I, I was already kind of like planning on bringing my laptop and hotspot in my phone and playing it in the dugout, but now I'm happy I don't really have to worry about that. I think that you've underestimated the Heat the whole playoffs, and you're underestimating them again here. Six games, seven games, maybe. I still think the Lakers win, but I think the Heat are going to make them work for it. Yeah, I mean, there's no – it's literally impossible for the Heat to win because if it goes seven, LeBron's not losing. Um, and six games, maybe, maybe. But you're not going to – I mean, Anthony Davis, even when Bam was in there, has been dominant up to this game. And then foul trouble just threw him off completely. If you can get even close to that from Anthony Davis. On top of that, we haven't had the game where LeBron's hitting jump shots yet. That's coming. Um I know you had good performances from uh, Markeith and Kuzma, but Markeith has been hot all playoffs. Yeah, he's been And you're going to get a better KCP. KCP has also been pretty good in these playoffs. And you didn't get playoff Rondo tonight. You got shit Rondo. So (laughs) pretty much everything went wrong for the Lakers outside of LeBron, who still had a pretty good game, uh, but not what he can do. Uh, And it's just not everything is going to all go wrong again. Everything went wrong for the Heat in this game. They didn't have two of their three best players. Maybe their best player, and they still they still gutted a win out. And I think that in Game Five, I think the Lakers win Game Four because I agree with you that they come back after losses and they do not let you walk away. But you put this Heat team in a corner, and I think they're going to only become more dangerous. They're only going to try more and more and try harder and chirp at you and piss you off and uh, tell Rondo that he smells like burnt soda or something. Like they're going to find a way to like get at you. That's yeah, but like do. if they, especially if they win uh, Game Four, if you what this team has done in closeout games in this playoffs is just they'll kind of let you stay in it in the first half, and then the second half comes and LeBron says this is over, and he ends it, and it's done. It's happened three times, and it hasn't it hasn't been particularly concerning in any of those three games. They've all been pretty easy wins. I mean, they closed out the Lakers or the Rockets 119 to 96. They closed out the Nuggets 117 to 107. Um, and they closed out the Blazers 131 to 122. Like they when when they need to do it, they do it is better than anybody in the league. And that like I love the Heat's heart and how hard they play, but it just it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. Cuz guess what? This Lakers team when they 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 also have heart. Yeah, well, you know what? I finally didn't count them out last series, and I got it right. And it, I I wouldn't count them out if they weren't going against the guy who knows how to command an NBA Finals as good as anybody ever. Like he, when the moment is there, he he comes through. LeBron James comes through, and you're gonna see that in the next two games. I think if the Heat could win one more, but it's not going more than six. Is this the beginning of the end for LeBron? We'll talk about it more after the break. Uh, what do you think Tyler Hero's ceiling is as a player? 
I don't want to admit this, but an all-star. So let me ask you a question. Is there a chance that he becomes like second only to Ray Allen as like a pure shooting two? No. Okay. No, his game's different. I mean, his, the thing that could get him there is the way he moves off the ball. It's, I mean, he looks like Steph Curry running around there. He just runs and runs and runs and runs. He's got this. He knows when the big moment's there. He knows how to at least try and take it. He's 20 years old, but he's already stepping up. He's got confidence for days. Um, at the beginning of the season, I thought this guy sucked. Uh, and just like everything else with the Miami Heat, I have been unbelievably wrong. And uh, I, I, like, I don't know who to compare him to. Like, I feel like the lazy comparison is Clay Thompson, but then you're not giving him credit for how good he is off the dribble. Um, and I, like, he's a good shooter, but he, I don't think he's like an all-time great shooter. Um, he's kind of unique, man. He's he's a he's a pretty unique player. Is he kind of like a modern version of Rip Hamilton? Yes, that's that is amazing. That's perfect. Um, which whoa. I can't believe I just said that. I feel like I just, I feel, oh, I feel a little dirty right now. But that's yeah, gonna be, that's I a think, great I way think to put that's that. gonna be minus the a, defense, of course. Sure, but he's twenty, and some of that defense could get better. Yeah, we'll see about that though. Like five years from now, he's not gonna be worse. You know, he's gonna be twenty-five in five years. So I, uh, <laughs> I we're gonna be doing the like, who's younger, Jason Tatum or Tyler Hero, for like two years now. So, dude, he's not a, like when they win the NBA finals, they're going to like ID him at the club. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, technically, technically not allowed at the club. Technically yeah, not allowed it's, um, it's wild. What he's doing is crazy. I, I've actually he's grown on me. I mean, I still don't like the guy, but he's grown on me. That's why it's did you not see his draft day suit? That's a winning draft it. day suit. Oh, man. Uh, talk about something else. I'm going to pull up a picture of his draft day suit. All right. The uh, Los Angeles Lakers are seven and a half point favorites on Tuesday. What what side of that bet are you taking? Uh, say that again for me. Seven and a half points. Money line is minus 330. Lakers are seven and a half point favorites. Money line is minus 330. So I'm guessing you'll take the heat plus seven and a half. Uh, no, I'm going to take the Lakers. I think the Lakers do come out. Look at this suit right here, dude. Look at this, That's like, nice the suit. blue floral. And, then like, this chain somehow, like, he's the only person I've ever seen wear this chain, and I didn't hate it. Like, Yeah, but this, this is, is why I hate the guy. Chain. Like, that's a cool outfit, but he's just such a douche. But, I he's mean, the how king can you, of all douches. How can you hate a guy who buys $300 worth of backwoods in one in one sitting? How can you hate that guy? Because look at his face. Like, I, it's, just, it's a face thing for me. I understand it's like the scene it, yeah. in Step Brothers where he's like, you know, when I look at you, I just want to punch you in the face. Like, yeah. that is how I feel about Tyler Hero. And I at least have gotten past my hatred of him to the point where I can admit he's a damn good NBA player and he's probably going to be an all-star one day. But I still have, like, this little bit of resentment in my heart for no reason other than he's a douche. In like three years, there's going to be a Players Tribune article written slash ghost written with Tyler Hero, where he talks about how much he's grown up over the last three years and turned into a man. And we're all going to eat that shit up. And we're all going to be like, "Yes, Tyler Hero gets it." You know, that's that's happening. That is happening. Okay. 
Okay. Haven't watched a game of college football this year. Yeah. I I like football. Like inherently football is evil and I try to separate the art from the artist, but I I can't really do that as well with college football. Yeah, I mean, Saturday, October 24th, I will tune in to the uh, college football season to see number 20 Michigan take on number 25 Minnesota. And I'll be there every Saturday after that to watch Michigan. But other than that, this year, it's going to be really hard to pull me in. I mean, most years I'll give – like, I'll watch Alabama LSU. I'll watch the big games, right? I'm not watching, like, like Kentucky versus Missouri, but I'll watch the big games. Um, this year, I don't give a damn about anything but Michigan football and how Joe Milton looks. So, how do you think Joe Milton's going to look? The talks from camp are that he looks fucking amazing, but that was also the talks for Shea Patterson each of the last two years. So we'll see. But Joe Milton has one of those arms where it's like it's like a Patty Mahomes type arm, man. I mean, he can back foot throw it sixty yards down the field. Like it's special. It is special. So October twenty fourth, Michigan football's back. Do you want? If do you want to do soccer, go ahead. I got I a just, little update. Wi Fi is getting so bad. Yeah, it's okay. It doesn't look at. It doesn't look terrible. I think it's going to look okay when we do it. Uh, Serginio Dest officially signed for Barcelona, and he will be a like pretty serious cog in that team. He will be either the starting right back or like the first guy off the bench as a right back, left back kind of hybrid player, uh, which means that we are going to have two players potentially who play for Barcelona this year, which is wild. Chris Richards today had two two assists uh, to Thomas Muller and Robert Lewandowski uh, off of some like really great passing. Uh, Chris Richards uh, is, I think, kind of firmly cemented himself as the number one option to play right center back, a position that has been really in contention, I think, amongst him and Eric Long, Aaron Long, and Mark McKenzie of the Philadelphia Union. But 17-year-old Gio Reyna is the leader in assists in the Bundesliga after having a hat trick of assists this week against like a good Freiburg team. Like they're not the best team in the Bundesliga, but they're a good Bundesliga team and appears to have basically defeated Julian Brandt for a starting position. Uh, And that is really just crazy. There is uh, a hot internet rumor that Gio Reyna's little brother who is 13 is more talented than Gio Reyna was at the same age. Stop it! You've got, now. You're, I'm not letting you do this. You're not I'm letting not me talk letting about you... 13 year old soccer players. No, <laughs> no, That's we're fair. not. We go far enough when we talk about the 16 and 17 year olds. All right, I'm going to ask it, you the question. Soccer is just weird like that. That for people who don't know or don't watch a ton of soccer, I think is what what is the deal with uh, Pulisic's health right now? Uh, they're being very careful with him. He'll play in the next game. He was. I thought he was supposed to be in the uh, lineup for this week's game, but uh, Christian Pulisic like streams on Twitch or whatever, and said uh, in a, a clip from the stream that he is very ready to play, and I believe that because Christian Pulisic is like kind of a low key, like maniacal win guy, uh, just like kind of a win sociopath. I think in a couple of different ways, uh, and he is really anxious to get on the field. That team, the Chelsea team, has a lot of depth and a lot of new pieces, so I think that they were okay, kind of letting it play itself out for a few weeks before really making sure that he's healthy. 
Uh, so we should get full power Pulisic as soon as is in their very next game. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Go soccer. Go men's yeah. soccer. Go men's soccer. Go, go USMNT. When do qualifiers start for the 2022 World Cup? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, there's a lot of stuff up in the air. There's uh, kind of going to be, it seems like, three tournaments for like international play within a couple of weeks of each other. Uh, there's going to be like the gold or the Confederations Cup, I think, and then the U20 World Cup, and then like some first team. What's the other thing? Oh, uh, Olympic qualifiers too. So soon. I mean, the World Cup is in 2022, so they've got to kind of start dealing with that shit here pretty shortly. Obviously, like COVID has put a big giant wrench into the idea of even beginning to play international games, but. Soon, hopefully. Uh, there was something in October that got pushed to November, so maybe November. And okay. a lot of changes in the squad since the last time we saw the team. So it's going to be interesting to see how they disperse the talent over like the three tournaments, what they value, what they don't value. Uh, it's going to be a good chance to see a lot of different guys with the national team doing, uh, uh, doing things for the coach, Greg Berhalter, that he hasn't normally done before. But we'll see. I dig it. Um, uh, all right. Astros Athletics ALDS Game 1. Yankees Rays ALDS oh, Game yeah. 1 Monday. Uh, game 2 will be Tuesday. And then Marlins Braves, Padres Dodgers. Uh, game 1's on Tuesdays for the NL. Uh, I cannot wait to watch the baseball universe burn when the Astros win the World Series. I don't have much to say on this. Oh, I don't have predictions. Man. Um, but uh, go Strohs, okay? Go Strohs. That's crazy. I like that you're squeezing in like a heel turn at the end of quarantine. Like just to check it off your quarantine list kind of. I'm going to I'm gonna go out of my way to be a baseball villain. Very interesting. Very interesting move. Uh, I'm very – of course, for all of you who are asking, I am very sad about the Cubs. Uh, <laughs> they lost uh, to the Marlins, bro. I know, man. I know, man. And they just can't. Uh, they just can't get it going when it counts. I'm going to read a stat here. I'm going to read a stat that's not good, a not good stat about the Cubs. Ooh. And I'm pulling it up right now. And it is that uh, since the 2016 World Series, uh, Baez, Javi Baez, Bryant, and Anthony Rizzo are 136. They're batting 136 in the playoffs with 51 Ks and six walks. And in the game, in the clinching game of the playoffs where they were eliminated, they were 0 for 10 with three Ks. And that's in like the 10th inning of the game or whatever. So, <laughs> you want to know the saddest ideal. part? I loved this Cubs team until after 2016. And then all you Cubs fans just turned into annoying assholes. <laughs> I think that they're allowed to have it compared to like. Yeah, but I'm fans? also allowed to not like you for it. Okay. I mean, yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, my baseball analysis is that that is not good and that they should do better next time. That's it. That's what I yes. got for baseball hey, analysis. Hey. Baseball playoffs are tough, man. You only get 10 at-bats in a small in a short series like that, maybe. I think most of those guys only got eight at-bats probably in that series. And uh, you got you to gotta come through when you have the chances. And it's cold, and it's not easy to hit when it's cold. And, you know, baseball is going to – I guess it's not cold where they're at. I think they're in Texas for all these games. So, um, Oh, really? But, Are they there in like a bubble? Yeah, I think so. That shows how out I am on baseball. Like a loose bubble? 
Yeah, pretty much. Um, so we'll see. But I just just so I can throw out my predictions, I got Marlins beating the Braves because that's fun as fuck. Astros over the Athletics, Yankees over the Rays, and Padres beating those choke artist Dodgers. You got your one good start out of Clayton Kershaw in this postseason, and that's all you're getting, Dodgers fans. Welcome, welcome to the life of a Tigers fan over the last decade. The well before this whole last five years. We know what it's like to never win once you get to the playoffs. I'm uh, I'm rooting for the Padres, the bad boys of baseball. Uh, let's go Padres. I'm a I'm a, yep. actually a lifelong San Diego Padres fan. Not if a lot ended, of people know yeah. that about me. Yeah. If it ended up being Padres, Astros in the World Series, or really Padres anybody, I'd probably root for the Padres. But Padres. the Astros, I just love the storyline of the Astros winning the World Series and telling everybody to eat shit. Padres Astros is <laughs> that's like that's like in a pop up ad that's like baseball commissioners hate them for this one trick that they did to make the World Series, but for both teams. But that's what baseball needs, right? Like that would be the perfect Maybe. outcome for baseball. You have this young, exciting, cocky team against the biggest villain team in sports right now. The team everybody hates the Astros, <laughs> except really? for me. The best case scenario is Tatis hits a home run and throws his bat at the pitcher. <laughs> Great. Dude, I mean, uh, in the closeout game uh, in the first series, Tatis had a home run to bring him with him one in the sixth, walked three-quarters of the way to first base. It was amazing. And then he hit another home run yes. in his next at-bat. He's, no. he's he's so great, dude. He's and then so he was great. summarily suspended by baseball. <laughs> yeah, and then he looked outside his window, and they were sitting there with – pitchforks and torches just waiting to burn his house down baseball fans are such a joke except for me i'm great yeah except for you you're the only good baseball fan (laughs) the only other thing i have to talk about uh this happened in the beginning of the week but it's happened since our last show the tampa bay lightning won the stanley cup in six games congratulations hockey good job guys so uh that's for you hockey fans we, we acknowledge we it your for you. Yes. Are um, you happy now? Do you love us now? <laughs> I guess they, if they made it this far in the show, then, then we're probably imagine okay. like imagine being a hockey fan and being like, "Oh, finally!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, that's that's all I got for this week. Uh, so we're gonna do. Did we did we say this in the pod? We're gonna do a picks pod. Uh, for football picks, uh, it'll come out Friday evening. Uh, should be ready for you Saturday morning when you wake up, or if you're a late night person like me, I do a lot of podcast listening late at night. Uh, it should be there for you, hopefully. But that'll just be audio. It'll just be on the pod side, so you're gonna have to go subscribe to our podcast. Uh, the most cursed sentence in the English dictionary right now. Uh, we're on all of the platforms that you do podcast stuff on. 